Hello, and welcome to the Film Obsessed Couple. I'm Shelly. And I'm Scott. And we are here to talk about a movie called Ghostbusters Afterlife. Yep. Yep, we did the Celebrity Spotlight last week, wrapped up the Golden Girls, and now we're back. This is the first movie of the year. Yeah. So exciting. Yeah, first movie of 2023. Seems like this year's halfway over, though. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this month, maybe. Uh, yeah. It's been a long year already. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, if you've listened to the previous episodes, the past couple of ones, I may have mentioned it, but I said that we're picking this because it was in theaters at the time when we started our podcast. Yes. Podcast? Like the kid in the movie? What? We'll talk about podcast. Yeah, he's cute. He... Okay. I wasn't going to go there. All right. Well, we'll get into it here in a minute. Yeah. But if you're listening to this uh, episode and you want to chime in about anything, like what you think about the movie, if you you saw it in theaters at a certain weird time in your life, I don't, you know, you can be pretty creative. Just send us a message. You can reply to our posts on social media, or you can email us, thefilmobsessedcouple at gmail.com. We just want to give some shout outs to our listeners. We don't care if you're another podcast mm-hmm. and or not. You can be anybody. Yeah, absolutely. Write in or shout us out or something. And we'll talk about you. Yeah, we saw this movie in theaters because I, I keep getting bit. Like I'm like, oh, I would very much like to watch the new Ghostbusters movie. I think it would be pretty cool. Yeah. And, I, you know, the first time I watched it, maybe I had a little more rose-colored glasses on. I'm like... The original Ghostbusters were in it. Yeah. As Ghostbusters. I remember you being pretty excited. Because in the the one that came out in like 2016, the women from SNL, Ghostbusters remake movie that oh, came out. Oh, I never saw it. Well, I'll talk about that for a minute, and then we'll, our podcast will probably get canceled because you can't talk bad about that movie. Yeah, I heard it was bad. I did. Okay, we'll talk about it now. I did not care for it. Yeah. So that movie got a lot of shit when it came out. Because there were a lot of people that were like, female Ghostbusters. What the female? hell? Yeah, they were like, how could they? Hmm. I did not like it because I did not think it was funny. Right. Not because it doesn't matter if they're male or female or yeah. whatever. And the Ghostbusters are in that movie as different characters. Like Bill Murray is some ghost skeptic guy. was like, ghosts don't exist. Hmm. I can't remember Ernie Hudson's character, but Dan Aykroyd plays like a cab driver. Okay. He's like, where are you going? <laughs> Something like that. I can't remember. Uh, it ends with a huge dance-off. Whoa. I'm not kidding. I didn't care for it just because I didn't feel like it felt like the rest of the movies. And people that were like, I didn't care for that movie, seemed to automatically get lumped in and be like, fuck you. You said you don't like it because they're women. But What? I just said I didn't like it. I didn't think it was that funny. <laughs> I'm not Republican. <laughs> I know. I got, you know, I was like, oh, a new Ghostbusters movie. They're kind of going in a different direction, but okay. I'm not a huge fan of Melissa McCarthy. The lady who was in Spy. You remember we right. watched that oh, movie? Yeah. I know who she is. I like her. Again, her comedy is just kind of like, I'm fat and stupid. Yeah. That's that's kind of her niche, I guess. I guess. And she does kind of some, some of that stuff in there too, but didn't care for it. That one didn't, you okay. know, I don't think it did very well. So they come back and they were like, all right, you didn't like it when we went into a new direction. So we're going to do the same goddamn thing over again. Okay. You like the first movie? Here's the plot again. Here's Gozer. Here's the old characters you like. Here it is. And people were like, well, this kind of feels like the first one. You didn't really do anything new. (laughs) They're like, son of a bitch. We just can't please you people. (laughs) 
And that's kind of my complaint with it, too, is that, like, yeah, it's nice to see the old people again, and I really wish they would have centered the movie around the main characters, because that's really what I want to see. I mean, I think Phoebe, the main character in this, is pretty good. She's pretty, she's a pretty good actress. She is. Yeah, I thought she was pretty incredible. I don't know. I'll go into why I don't have, why I don't like what they kind of did with this. And it is very hard to make a movie so many years after the original. Mm-hmm. When all the original actors are so old, you know. Right. Not that they're old and busted, just <laughs> just older. They got busted themselves. Aged like a fine wine. <laughs> Not Bill Murray. He looks kind of rough in this movie. Well, you know. Yeah, that's... Where are we at? <laughs> I don't remember where we were going with that. <laughs> you know, I was excited for this one, too. I actually kind of liked it the first time. When we watched it this time, I was like, well... I know what the story is now, so I'm not like, what's going to happen? I'm like, eh, that's not that great. Eh, that's not that great. You're able to be a little bit more picky. Yeah. Yeah, and the more I thought about it after the first time, like my friend Andrew and I were talking about it in another movie that the internet will kill you if you talk bad about The Last Jedi. Oh, There's yeah. kind of some similarities here, and I can get into that too later. Okay. And, and my name's Scott. This is the Film Obsessed Couple. <laughs> It's what we do. Did you like this movie both times we've seen it? I thought it was okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I remember watching the old Ghostbusters and they're just like. Classics. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't think you can do any better. So they probably just need to stop trying to top it. Um, yeah. But the only disappointing thing in this one is the, um, the Stranger Things guy. Oh, Finn Wolfhard. Yeah. I I don't know. I'm a fan of his in Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. I just, I didn't like his character, I think. I don't think it was him personally. I, I think yeah. it was just his character. Yeah, I didn't really care for that. That's another thing I didn't really care about this movie is that they focus on the kids because mm-hmm. Stranger Things is the biggest thing in the world. So they're like, how about we have the granddaughter of Egon Spangler well, the, I guess the grandkids. I was going to say granddaughter and her and her brother, but that would make grandkids. How about the grandkids of Egon Spangler become Ghostbusters? But like, yeah. oh, they're adults, right? No, no, they're kids. They're just kids. <laughs> it's, like, it's cool. Have you ever seen a show called Stranger Things? Can we make his grandkids all of those kids in Stranger Things? I do kind of like how they made it. Like, the kids are pretty much already adults. Yeah. Because their mom, you know, is a single mom and she's just doing the best she can. But they already seem like they take care of each other and themselves. Yeah, this, gosh, this mom, I noticed it more this time. This mom is having a hell of a time with her life. Absolutely. She, whew, she's she's a second away from getting these kids taken away. I'm surprised she's not an alcoholic. I think she might be. There is a scene where, like, Phoebe or someone comes... Oh, it's when she finds the trap in the floor. Phoebe comes downstairs, and the mom is just passed out on the table with a huge glass of wine next to her. Okay. Well, way to go, Mom. Yeah. (laughs) You know, they didn't get evicted from their house. They're having to leave because she owes people money in the town that they left. (laughs) It's like, the bookies are coming for me, honey. Let's go. Let's go. I also have a huge gambling problem. Oh, shit. I thought I knew how to do math like your grandfather, but I don't. (laughs) Nope. And that's another weird thing they do with her character. So uh, the mom is played by Carrie Coon. She's been in a bunch of stuff. She mm-hmm. was in Fargo season three and Gone Girl. But they they say it like Egon in the first two movies is like the smartest of the smartest. But it skipped her. Well, you know, can't hit everybody. 
I you know? guess. We might as well get into the big thing that I really hate about this movie. So the whole thing we find out kind of in the middle or later in the movie, Egon left the Ghostbusters. He like completely abandoned them. Yes, and everybody's butthurt about it. It makes no sense, though, because we, they, she gets a phone call. She calls Ray, Dan Aykroyd, who somehow has a tattoo on his arm for some reason. He's cool. Well, it's the Bible verse he says in the first one. Oh, he's not cool. <laughs> it's the Bible. <laughs> well, in the first movie, he and Winston are talking, and he was like, why do you think we're seeing so many ghosts? And Ray says the Bible verse, like Revelation seven twelve. I think. Mm-hmm. I don't think I know it because I remember that movie. Nah, it's okay. He has the Bible verse on his arm. Like, why would you get that tattooed? It was just a throwaway line in the first one where he's like, I remember Revelations talking about the dead coming back to life. Okay. And then years later, he's like, I gotta get a tattoo. Ray tells her the whole thing of Egon kept saying the end of the world is coming. Mm-hmm. And Ray was like, that is not gonna happen. That is ridiculous. That's also bullshit because Ray and Egon were like this. I'm holding my fingers together. Like a cross. They're tight. They were tight. Tight. So I don't think that Ray would have not believed him. Mm. I think Ray would have been like, oh, you're doing calculations? That makes sense. And then why would he have to just abandon everybody? Like, he's got to save, you know, the world. He could still, it's not like he has to be on it all the time. You can call him and say, hey, what up? I know. I, I don't get it. It The character development doesn't make sense. So... That's kind of the big thing is Egon left. Mm-hmm. And we'll go later into the whole thing. But that really makes me kind of mad. And I mean, I know they have that to deal with because Harold Ramis is dead. You know, he passed right. away. So they really probably don't know what to do with that. I thought they did that very well, how they yeah. brought him back. It, it was very sentimental. Yeah, I think they did the best they could with it. But I just hate that they were like, oh, Egon abandoned his friends and family. They were like, he just left. Yeah, rude. And you're like, oh, well, in the first movies, Egon was a good dude. Hmm. Like, he was a nerd, but he was a good dude. Maybe they that's just how they thought was best for the plot? I don't know. Well, how would you have done it? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> <laughs> so, they, I've, I've edited this. I've been thinking for 40 minutes. <laughs> I'm taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> no. I would think, have Egon have having died a while ago mm-hmm. like because he dies at the very beginning of this movie like have it recognized that he's gone yeah be like oh egon yeah he died you know i hate to do it but maybe have him die in the 90s mm-hmm. like the first ghostbuster the second one ends in like 89 or 90 i think mm-hmm. have him die like a couple years after okay so his kids didn't really get to know him if he had kids i don't know yeah instead of just abandoning them yeah and then maybe his after this is hard (laughs) yeah see it's okay we don't have to go into it well i was gonna think just one last thing about it is maybe they clean out like an old storage facility of his or something and they find like plans or you know the information for this place or the end of the world small town yeah Mm -hmm. and they're like oh god like he was working on something before he died, and he never got to investigate and finish it. Yeah, so let's do it. And like all the ghosts being around in the first two movies, you know, ghosts were all over New York. Maybe go to this town and ghosts are everywhere. That'd be kind of cool. Because like they've this... been sh- slowly releasing through the tunnel of something. Yeah, because in this one, you don't really see ghosts everywhere until like 
the very end where they're just kind of around for a second. Mm-hmm. But be like, oh, yeah, this place is a major source of ghosts and hauntings. Okay. And we think Egon was onto something. And then slowly start to understand, be like, I don't know if I would make it Gozer again, but, you know, they could make it something interesting. Sure. Well, good deal. So that's kind of what I would do. And I would also have them work hand in hand with the Ghostbusters. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't like that they come in at the very end. Maybe that's all they were willing to do. Yeah, especially Bill Murray. I hear he's hard to work with. But, mm. you know, if it was a movie that I was making, I would have been like, okay, you know, they meet the Ghostbusters and they work hand in hand okay. together. But, but that's not what happened. No, we're kind of squirrel momenting all over this, as you would like to say. <laughs> but the big thing about this movie is, yeah, Egon dies at the very beginning. It is, of course, not Harold Ramis. He died several years, or I think a few years before. Mm -hmm. The guy they have playing Egon, you never see his face, but it's the warden from Shawshank Redemption, Bob Gunton. Okay. I don't know why. He is an actor that has been in many things. I don't know why he would do this. Maybe he's a Ghostbuster fan. Maybe. He's like, oh, I can be a Ghostbusters? Oh, God, I watched those when I was younger. They're so great. Oh, you can't see my face? What? Oh. Well, who am I playing? Oh, you're Egon. I'm the new Egon. Oh, yay. Oh, God. I'm going to have to do some research and watch the old movies again. And what's that? I'm in in two seconds. Oh, I already signed off on this. Oh, <laughs> Jesus. My age. How much am I getting? Pay? Oh, damn. Oh, only like 5000 <laughs> Oh, God. That's the whole thing is Egon has been holed up in this small ass town. I don't remember the name of it. Mm. You know, it starts out with him. Running away from a ghost, he tries to capture it, but the big trap that he has set up fails. And I'll try and point him out as much as I can, but Egon is in his house. He's trying to capture this. It's the dog from the first one. Right. The gatekeeper and the keymaster. Mm-hmm. They're the dogs. So he sits in his chair waiting for one to come in, and they do the grab out of the chair like they do to Sigourney Weaver in the first one. The arms come out of the chair. Yeah. I guess he has a heart attack because of that. So he's dead. Yeah, that's kind of a crazy way to go. Egon, who has seen some of the craziest fucking shit in the world, has a heart attack because a hand comes out of a chair. Eh, I think maybe that's what the entity or whatever wanted it to look like. Oh, maybe. And can't you imagine the ghost would be able to do whatever? I guess. I don't know. They're he like, seemed like, it, to me, I, I, he seemed like he knew he was going to die. Yeah, because he puts the trap of, he ca- he has a ghost captured and he puts the trap in like this puzzle in the floor. The secret thing in the floor, yeah. <laughs> it's like his house is an escape room. <laughs> where he's like, find the trap or you will never get out of this house. Oh, goddamn. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, I know they, they really had to work around Harold Ramis being dead, but just have him already dead. Don't do this whole like, he hated his family, he left his best friends. yeah. So this is where we get introduced to his family. You know, Carrie Coon is his daughter, which they do try to seem like they hide it throughout the movie. Well, Carrie Coon keeps saying, my father, my father. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I guess you could put it together that Egon is her dad because they do make Phoebe, her daughter, kind of look like him with the glasses and the hair. Exactly. They get evicted from their house because of her horrific drinking and gambling and debts, so they find out they've inherited a farmhouse in buttfuck nowhere. Yeah, BFE. (laughs) This is another thing that doesn't make sense because in the first movie, to fund the Ghostbusters, they put out a third mortgage on Ray's house. Ray's like, my family Mm. left me that house. (laughs) He's like, I was born there. 
And it's like, everybody takes out a third mortgage on their house. Oh, my gosh. So it would have made more sense if this was Ray's house. Because, like, I guess we're just saying that Egon went out into nowhere and bought a house. But that's just me nitpicking. Yeah. Hire some people that are, like, a huge fan that kind of can connect these things. We get to this farmhouse. And for some reason, again, Egon, when they get there, has the Bible verse that Ray says in the first one as a throwaway line written outside of his house not just written but spray painted like graffiti (laughs) yeah Yeah. graffiti right when you enter this long driveway like i don't get why this was such a big deal like i know he said the end of the world's coming but i don't think egon would have been a religious man so somehow egon has found out that that bible verse ray told winston one night when they were driving in the car egon heard about it and was like "Ooh, i'm gonna remember that (laughs) like Revelation 7.12, oh, I'm going to hold on to that one. Sticks right in my brain. Yeah. They come to this house, the kids, and they it's a shit house. It's, I don't even know how it's standing. I don't know. I guess they're like, well, Egon didn't take care of it because he was too busy saving the world. Right. I mean, you don't have time to upkeep a three-story house, what it looks like. I guess, but it his machines that he set up, it didn't really feel like he had much to do. No, it was pretty self-sufficient. Yeah, the ghosts try to get out, the machines turn on. That's why I'm like, he could call and say, hey, he didn't have to completely abandon his whole family and friends. And he's like, no, I have to stay here and make sure nothing happens by sitting in this chair. Unless God told him to. (laughs) He's he's crazy now. And then, you know, he just does it. He's like, I heard God's voice tell me, go to this shithole in the desert. And watch over this mine. Yeah. Crazy. Never talk to my family and friends again. Yeah. Abandon them. Okay. But they get into the house. And another reference to the first movie, because we got to keep doing it, is there's a big stack of books in the middle of the living room. Mm -hmm. That's in the very first one when they're in the library finding the ghost at the beginning. He's like, no human could stack books like this. Whoa. Yeah. And they don't even fall over whenever... An earthquake happens. Right. Yeah, that's another big thing is that this town has earthquakes periodically. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason. Yeah. Yeah. Paul Rudd's character is like, it's on no fault lines, no tectonic plates, has earthquakes regularly. Yeah. So it's like, ooh, a mystery. Yeah. Oh, God. What's going to happen? I wonder who's causing it. And so Egon moved here and fucked these people's lives up by creating these earthquakes. <laughs> Pretty much. The good outweighs the bad. But, but yeah, I mean, and, or you have monsters coming out. Yeah. Trying to destroy the world. Because later we find out that in the mine of the town, which the mine is Shandor Mines. He was the evil guy from the first one. Nice. He owned, He made the apartment building in the first one. They talk about Shandor Mines. So there's a whole pyramid type thing down there devoted to Gozer. Mm-hmm. And there's this pit that like all these ghosts try to get out of. And every time they try the, he has set up like proton packs to go off and shoot it back down the hole. Yeah. Like get down there. Get, get back in there. You get. <laughs> and when he does that, this causes massive earthquakes. And I'm sure some people must've died of a heart attack at some time because of these. Yeah. But you kind of see that the town is getting used to it. And yeah. It's kind of like, oh, okay, here we go again. Oh boy. Another fucking earthquake. That's going to destroy some parts of the town again. Yeah, it lasts for like five or 10 seconds. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> 
So, yeah, they, they all find this house and kind of get used to it. And Carrie Coon does tell them, like, remember how I said we were going to stay here and, and get, get stuff and then head back home? Yeah, we're living in this shithole now. Yeah, we got to stay because we can't afford anything. But then I guess her dad is in horrible debt, too. So I don't know what the fuck she's going to do. Yes, this poor woman. This is where Janine from the first two movies comes in. Yeah. Annie Potts. She looks great. She does look very good. I, I didn't look up her age to see, what, but yeah, she looks very good. She's like, she's like, I was your father's secretary. Remember everybody? Remember me? I How just, could you forget her? This movie is like nudging you in the ribs every time. It's like, remember? Remember this? If you don't, you shouldn't be watching this movie. I know. But she's like, I made sure that the mortgage was paid. Carrie Coon's like, hey, I'm just here to get a check for the house and get out. And Annie Potts is like, yeah, he has extreme debt. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> Which, that doesn't make sense because we find later Winston is like a super billionaire and has been paying for Ray's bookstore. Yeah, how come he couldn't pay for Egon's? Yeah, well, is it just because he was like, well, Egon left me, fuck him. Probably. I mean, that would make more sense. It'd be like, well, I can't, I'm not going to pay for his because... Or maybe he didn't even know where he was. Maybe. They don't explain how they find them later, by the way, either. I think it's when the girl calls from the jail. Mm-hmm. Uh, she may tell him where they are. Oh, I didn't think so. Okay. Maybe. We'll, you know I, what? We'll go with she it. She didn't say it on screen. I think it was implied. Well, no, because she was on the phone the whole time on screen. I don't know. <laughs> Forget that theory. You know, somewhere. I don't They're know. They're psychic. That's why they show up so late is because it took them so long to investigate where they were. Like, they get there, and it's like four weeks later, and everybody's dead. <laughs> like, oh, we uh, we got here way too late. Whoa. I wish that the girl would have told us where she was. Not bad. You know, the movie kind of takes a bit to get going, I think. Like, we get this whole side story of Finn Wolfhard. He starts working at like a, what do you kind of call these restaurants? It's like Sonic, if you people know what Sonic is. Yeah, like a drive-up or drive-in type yeah. of... Like a drive-through, diner. Like, you know, you drive up to the window and you, or they have like stalls, and you hit the button, and then they come out on roller skates and give mm -hmm. you the food. For people that you know are in the U.S., if you know of what a Sonic is, it's like that. Yeah, except not not a lot of people at Sonic wear the uh, roller skates anymore. I always felt so bad for those people. I think it's optional. I think they can if they want to, but it's also kind of hazardous. Yeah, it's like you want to wear your skates eight hours a day. Eek. Yeah, I would hate to do that. Yeah, me too. There's a whole side plot here of Finn Wolfhard meeting this girl, getting a job here, and hanging out with the local teens that doesn't really go anywhere, mm -hmm. I think. It's just to introduce this other girl, which I kept calling her other girl throughout this movie because <laughs> I don't think they give her her name. I don't know. Yeah, so I just kept calling her some girl or other girl does this because I'm sure she has a name. I'm sure she's a lovely person. They don't really give it that. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so... They're just like, oh, it's the love interest. Yeah. Really, the first bit of this movie is just kind of reminding us of the others. Like, there's a scene where Finn Wolfhard finds the car in the garage or in the barn. Mm -hmm. You know, he lifts up the sheet and you see the Ghostbusters logo. And it's like, there's the car. Yeah, I kind of like that. Yeah, I love that car. It's beautiful. Yeah. And Phoebe, you know, she finds the little meter that tells when ghosts are near and stuff. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. You know, just kind of things that are like, oh, these were from the first movies. And that's how she kind of finds different things throughout the house because it ends up being Egon. 
Yeah, there's like a, she, well, she plays chess with a ghost throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Which I think the whole time it was Egon. I th- it was. It yeah. Had, yeah, because when she's in his little lab later, it's like showing her where to go. So I thought that was so sweet that they, you know, had that connection. Egon's kind of an asshole chess player, by the way. He knocks her board over, and when she sets it back up, she starts playing with him, and he takes one of her pieces, and he's like, whoosh! He yeah. like knocks it off the board, like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah, that's kind of rude. <laughs> Granddaughter, I he's, teach you. He's real competitive. I guess so. And and this is another thing they kind of barely touch upon it, but nobody knows about the ghosts from the 80s? Like, yeah, this would have been the biggest thing in the world. Some people do. Yeah. Like Paul Rudd's character, who turns out to be their teacher, is like, oh, the old Manhattan hauntings? And you're like, they happened before we were born. I'm like, no, this would be like everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't care if this happened 50 years ago. They'd be like, we found out that there is life after death. Yeah, history book shit. <laughs> That's what this would be. They're not like, because they talk about it. They're like, oh, some guys saved the world and, and helped. But, you know, that was only, that was like 40 years ago. Oh, well. And they'd be like, no, they'd be like, we found out that ghosts exist. These people found a way to get them and contain them. And yeah, the ghosts aren't around anymore, but there is definitive proof that there is life after death. Yeah, there'd be a holiday set up for <laughs> for it and a memorial for people that died, because I'm sure there are people that died in it. Yeah, churches would not exist anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Be like, kids, well, we're doing first day of summer school, but we're out tomorrow because it's Egon Spangler Day. And then uh, Ray Stan's day is next week. Peter Venkman Day is three weeks from now. They're just like, they they have their own national holiday days. (laughs) That'd be kind of (laughs) cool. Yeah. Especially if you're a kid in school, be like, yes. Yeah. Get out of school. And then they're like, well, what about Winston Day? Oh, he didn't get one. Oh, too bad. Because that's kind of the joke is in the second movie, they kind of really reduced his character. Mm-hmm. And they did that in the first one as well. He His character was supposed to be very big, and Eddie Murphy was going to play him. Oh. But it kind of fell out, or fell through, and so they reduced his character. Wow. Brood. It's It kind of sucks. I mean, it is nice they've made him kind of the most successful one after all this shit right. happened. He's a billionaire. Now at the end, you can be <laughs> successful. Congratulations. I don't understand why Phoebe has to go to summer school. Yeah, she's, like, smart as shit. She's super fucking smart. I think it's more of a babysitting thing. Yeah, maybe so. The mom's like, uh, I've got to deal with your Uncle Jack. I gotta work on the corner. The the corner? Yeah, the corner. Oh. Sell some crack. I'm like, the corner? What corner? Crack cocaine. (laughs) I gotta meet your Uncle Jack Daniels. Oh. No, she drops Phoebe off at summer school and is like, oh, make friends and... There's this running gag where she tells jokes. Yeah, like not nice jokes. Well, I guess they're all like, she's weird. Right. But it's like Egon didn't tell jokes. Oh, yeah, because she's like trying to fit in. So she has all these weird like one-liners. Yeah, what does the fish say to a cow? Well, she says, uh, how, how, how come you can't trust atoms? Yeah. Because they make up everything. Ha. Huh. And they're like... Oh, God, Phoebe, don't do that. And and there, there's not a real joke of a, what does the fish say to a cow? I have, I have no idea. <laughs> I was waiting. I'm like, what? What did they say? Like, ribbit? No, yeah. fish, fish don't say that. Is your name Phoebe? <laughs> Maybe. You do have the glasses like her. I don't know. What would a fish say to a cow? Anyway, right in. We'll get back to that. <laughs> 
but at summer school, we meet Paul Rudd's character having one of the worst names ever. His name is Gary Gruberson. <laughs> Terrible name. I really liked his character in this. He Paul Rudd, you know, he's really trying. Yeah. He's really holding it together. He is the teacher for summer school. And all he does is just show them horror movies, which is a nice little gag. Like the coolest teacher in the world. Yeah, he shows him Kudrow at first. Except I wouldn't like that because I'd be like the kid that would start bawling in class. And then, and then they, he'd have to like try to calm me down. And then I would yeah. just be screaming all the way home. Well, I thought about you because he shows him child's play later. And I'd be like, you'd be the one like. Ah. Again, I would be in the corner rocking myself. <laughs> just. um completely destroyed mentally yeah so talking about podcasts this is where we meet podcast and you didn't like him i did not i thought he was a like a nice little comic relief kind of guy they try to make him like ray because ray in the first one is like this he knows everything about everything Mm. he's a huge nerd he's kind of a goofball but like, give him a name. Like, be like, my name yeah. is Podcast. Be like, you know, my name is Jeff. How about that? Well, we we'll call him Jeff. <laughs> Jeff, Jeffrey. He doesn't Skikowski. look like a Jeff, but that's okay. Well, he looks like a mm. Brian. Yeah, he looks like a Brian. Okay, so Brian is his name. I don't know. I just don't know if it works with a kid. Like, he knows everything about everything too. Like later when they're in the mine, they see all these numbers on the wall, and they're numbers that they do talk about in the first movie, where it's like. 1917 he's like well that's the tuscan blast from 1917 and like yes ray said that in the first one but how the fuck does this little kid know about that he likes to read i guess but yeah they're definitely making him the ray character because he knows everything about ghosts Mm. and they don't really do much with it though he's not like oh it's he does say at one time that's a class five free roaming vapor oh yeah and i'm like how does this kid know that he doesn't know ghost exists okay yeah i get your point like, and you think he would know the Ghostbusters exist because Phoebe brings a trap in later and he's all like, what's this? Mm-hmm. Like, dude, your whole thing is the paranormal and you're all like, I don't know, Ghostbusters. And the crazy thing with that trap, they're like, oh, should we open it? No! Yeah. There is a ghost in it. Even the teacher knows what it is. He's like, well, this is a ghost trap. Let's open it up and see what's inside. Be like, it trapped a ghost, dude. What do you want? There is like, I don't know. I don't think there... Slimer maybe is a good ghost. Yeah, kinda. I mean, you see him hanging around the the firehouse in the first two. He's well, my favorite. Yeah, but I think the others are just kind of not good. So you shouldn't be releasing it. No, 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 no. We just got to do it because it propels the movie forward. Like, I know. there's, I, I don't like in these movies where they're like, well, this has to happen, and you're like, why? Mm-hmm. And it's like because this needs to happen. It's not like, well, this happens. You know, because, and then it's just like, this has to happen because we have to get here. Mm-hmm. It's not like, this has to happen because it makes sense. It's, this needs to happen. Right. We they, don't care what it, if it makes sense or not. Exactly. Like, they need to open the trap because that ghost gets out. And we need that ghost to complete all the other ghosts. Yes. To form like Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> they're what, yeah, so they're in the, the classroom and Phoebe realizes that Mr. Gruberson <laughs> Gruberson. <laughs> hey, Mr. Gruberson. My name is Gruberton. <laughs> uh, he is tracking all of these earthquakes that are going on. Yeah. And Phoebe knows everything about it. She's like, oh, well, did you set this up and did you measure it at this cycle? And he's like telling her, like, 
you know, this is how usually uh, earthquakes happen. Like, you got a big wave, or a small wave and a big wave. And here's how it's happening here. You have a big wave and a small wave. Whoa. It doesn't make sense. It does not make sense. Not at all. And, yeah, she's like, oh, well, did you know this? Did you know this? And he's like, you're pretty damn smart. Are you the main character of this movie? Mm, I think so. <laughs> is your is your grandpa Egon? Because he's yeah. super smart, too. Is your grandfather a Ghostbuster? Wait, are we in a movie called Ghostbusters? Holy fuck. <laughs> So this is where we get it set up. It's like, yes, this town is not on a fault line. It's not on in the on a tectonic plate or however he words it. But for some reason, it keeps having big earthquakes. Yeah. And that is kind of the way he sells it. You're kind of like, oh, that's kind of creepy. It is. Yeah. And annoying. I would not like to live in that town. I know. You think these people would like have burned Egon at the stake because everybody in this town seems to hate him. Yes. Everyone's all like, oh, the dirt farmer. But you think they'd be like, you know what? He moved here, and then those fucking earthquakes started. God damn it. I think these are related. <laughs> Let's put two and two together here, people. Yeah, because every time like Carrie Coon meets with different people in the town, she's like at the store or whatnot, and they're like, she's like, oh, I live up at the whole farmhouse. And like, dirt farmer's house? Hmm. That crazy son of a bitch? He bought some weird stuff here. Yeah, and she's like, why do you guys all call them dirt farmers? Like, well, he has a farm up there, but all he's got is dirt. He just got dirt everywhere. Just piles of dirt. He never grew anything. Just dirt. Yeah. I I don't remember exactly where it is, but at some point, Phoebe and Podcast go into the mine of Shandor's mine. Mm-hmm. And they find, like, this big wall. It looks like hieroglyphics. And he gives the whole speech of, like, oh, this was Evo Shandor's mine back in the 1900s. And they used to mine things like pure selenium to make girders. What? Because there is a line in the first Ghostbusters when Ray is talking about the big apartment building that Sigourney Weaver lives in. He's like, this building is made very strangely. He's like, it has girders of pure selenium. Like it is a conduit to focus like paranormal activity. Oh. So now they're all like, well, they're used to mine selenium out of here for girders. I'm like, I get it. Oh, wow. You're talking about the first movie. I get it. Okay. Well, I just didn't know what he was talking about, so that's just kind of, I was like, okay, moving on. Yeah. For people that are not, like, super familiar, I'm sure they're just like, that's a word. Yeah. I mean, it comes together later. You don't really need yeah. to say all that, but You're cool. Like, Thanks. I don't get it. And I'm sitting there like, I get it. <laughs> the first movie happened. They're kind of catering, or, or maybe they're like. Well, it's been a while, so maybe they don't remember. Yeah, as if, like, the fans wouldn't rewatch it or watch it before this one again. Yeah. I've seriously seen those movies so many times, and I guess I should say, the first one didn't really freak me out, but the second one, where the painting comes alive... That was crazy. Yeah, Vigo the Carpathian, for some reason, that one freaked me out when I was a kid. Yeah. I was like, whoa, that painting comes to life and can come out of it and walk around, and, like... That scared the shit out of me. Mm -hmm. And apparently, my friend, when I was in high school, he talked about that, too. That one scared him. Because he said he had, like, a Ghostbusters coloring book, and it had the painting Vigo oh on it. <laughs> and he wouldn't go in the room with it. No. He's like, Mom, would you get my coloring book? And she'd be like, oh, my God. He's like, I'm just going to throw this out if it scares you that much. If I color it, it's going to come alive. <laughs> <laughs> I remember it was on TV one time, and I was watching TV down the hallway in my parents' room. Oh, wow. Because <laughs> I could see the TV where it was. 
I was like freaked out. It may come out and grab you. So I don't you know. Stay far away. As I got older, though, the first one kind of freaked me out because it's about like an evil death cult that's trying to get Gozer to come and destroy the world. Mm. I'm like, whoa, because, you know, Egon has that line where he's like, oh, the guy who owns this apartment building, his name's Evo Shandor. He was a doctor. He did a lot of unnecessary surgeries. Ew. Yeah, he was like, he used to do rituals up on the roof to bring about the end of the world. Stands up. And now it looks like it might actually happen. Oh, my gosh. I, I could do the whole movie here if you want me to. No, it's okay. And then Peter goes, so be good, for goodness sake. <laughs> Whoa, somebody's coming. We've got to get out of here. Okay, anyway, I'm sorry. I'm done. Okay, wow. We know how big of a fan Scott is now. <laughs> so that one kind of freaked me out afterwards, where it's just like this death cult doing like weird rituals trying to bring Gozer into the world. It's a little scary if you think about it. Yeah, they don't really have anything. That would be really cool, is if our movie of Ghostbusters, they come to this town trying to investigate Egon's research, and they find out that it's part of the cult. Like, all these people that live here oh, are the yeah, cult. Yeah, that'd be really cool. They are trying to bring the end of the world. Yeah. And they're all super nice. I mean, cults don't go away. They're, mm-hmm. They stick around. Yeah, they're all, like, super nice at first when they get there. They're like, oh, my father was Egon, and we were doing some research of his, and he talked about this town a lot. And they're like, well, welcome, welcome, please stay. Yeah, they love Bamia. Oh, love bomb. Love bomb. I'm yeah. Like, love bombia. What is that? <laughs> well, that's a new scientific term. What country is that? Love bombia. Things. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that could be it. And then, you know, it's just this town filled with the cult trying to bring Gozer in and they have to stop it. And at the end, Tom Cruise is revealed to be the leader. Because <laughs> it's Scientology. They're like, oh, are you bringing in Gozer? No. Tom Cruise. Holy shit. <laughs> and then Tom Cruise comes out and he's like, uh, <laughs> are you a god? Just the nicest guy. Because, yeah. you know, he he's always seems to be the nicest guy. He does, yeah. I mean, he's like, well, I'm here to bring about the end of the world, but, but first, here's Mission Impossible 6. Yeah. You're like, whoa. That, you know what? Your, your views are weird, but goddamn, your movies are badass. Yeah, you're just so good. I'm here to destroy the world. But first, I will do Maverick 3. <laughs> Woo! It's going to have some insane shit in it. Yeah. Y- you know, stuff happens. The movie. That's that's what this is. Movie, movie, movie. And there <sighs> we go. happen. I think I'm going to go write this movie when I'm done. Be like, let's make another Ghostbusters movie. But here's what I want. I want an evil cult trying to bring the end of the world. And how about this? How about we don't fucking do Gozer again? We saw that. That was the first oh, movie. Oh, so a totally different thing. Yeah. Okay. You need to write this down, man. It is good. I think in the Ghostbuster comics that I read, there is another, which I, I was like, they ripped me off because how much of a nerd I am. I used to think of like what could be a new cool Ghostbusters movie. And I was like, okay, my movie would be in copyright, copyright, copyright. Mm-hmm. My movie would be it's set in the future because it's been so long. Ghosts have disappeared, like, because it's like, well, they did their job. That's it. Ghosts are gone. And then ghosts start appearing here and there. Like, you start having it again. Mm -hmm. And a new team of people hook up with the old Ghostbusters and are like, well, what's happening? You know, it's been so long. And then we find out that an evil, like, people are siphoning the psychic powers to bring about not Gozer, the Destructor, but 
another. Like, there's a god above it. Okay. And that was my idea, and that was what they were going to have to fight. But I was reading the Ghostbusters comics, and they were like, oh, Gozer was just a minor god. There's another one coming. I'm like, they fucking ripped my idea off. Dang it. (laughs) They read your mind. They ripped off my very plain idea. (laughs) I just was like, what if there was another god above Gozer? Very simple idea. Man, you got to write this down. Oh, it's all up in here in my my noodle. It'll never get made, though. I thought about writing Dan Aykroyd when I was younger. Be like, Dan, I have an idea for Ghostbusters. The next one, I think it would be great. Come on, everybody. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag him. This is such a good idea. Like, seriously. Now I'm just giving ideas on how to rewrite this movie that happened, which I don't think they will do. No. Because they did announce that the new Ghostbusters is coming out in December of this year. Oh, that's right. Fuck. So, hey, guys, if you haven't written a script yet, Death Cult. Yeah. Evil Death Cult. We're going to need money for that, though. Copyright. Copyright film obsessed couple. Yep. But Phoebe's in the house. She finds the trap. She finds it in the puzzle in the floor and gets to escape the room. <laughs> <laughs> the door's locked when she starts the puzzle. Like, what the fuck? Without the, all the saws are coming out through the walls. <laughs> You're going to cut her in half. Hello, Phoebe. <laughs> Hello, Phoebe. This is me, your grandfather. I'm also Jigsaw. <laughs> yeah, a doll on a little tricycle <laughs> comes out. Hello, Phoebe. I am your grandfather. I was a Ghostbuster, but I was also the mass murderer Jigsaw. (laughs) Makes sense if you think about it, because I'm super smart. Don't go to the basement. That's where all the bodies are. (laughs) Well, that's pretty much what she does now, is that she has the meter that goes off and directs her to the lab. Right. Because they've got a jerky off for the first movie. It has a fireman's pole to go down into the lab. Of course. (laughs) I know it doesn't bother you. I'm just like... It doesn't really make sense. Like, who does that? And he's older. Yeah, and he didn't like the the fire pole. When he slides down it, I think in one of them, he looks like he's terrified. And he's like... Oh, oh. oh my goodness. Like, Ray loved the pole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he did. Well, that's a different movie. Get it. Ray loved to go down the pole. <laughs> getting better what else you got ray loved to go down the fireman's pole (laughs) okay that's better ray Ray loved to slide down you know i don't don't know if there's a good way that you could say that (laughs) but ray was happy he was like oh this is so cool egon didn't really seem to care for it so maybe he was like, I have bad knees. I'm not walking down the stairs. So he slides down it. Yeah, because that's going to be so much less. You're going to just put all your weight on your on your lower Armed, joints. Yeah. But Phoebe slides down this thing and she finds his lab. And there's the joke from the first one again. She finds his spores, molds, and fungus collection. Yeah. Because in the first movie, when Egon is talking to Janine, she's like, what are your hobbies? He's like, I collect spores, molds, and fungus. It's a good hobby. And here it is. We had to see it. I mean, that won't cause infections or anything. Mm. But his ghost, you don't see him, but the lights are moving and stuff, directing Phoebe where to go. She finds a proton pack, and the ghost, like, directs her, the the lights direct her on how to fix fix it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But she seems to know. She's like, well, how could you have made a four-cycle generator so small? And he shows that there's, like, a ton of degrees on the wall. I have no idea. How she would know that. I don't know. And I think some of this stuff might be real because Dan Aykroyd really seems to know his shit. Wow. 
Like, the wording that he uses, I think, is real. I mean, like, I don't know how true it is with ghosts, but he's kind of interested in the paranormal. But he's like, he took our acetylene thrower torch packs and went, and I'm like, is that a real word? What? So she fixes it, and then she and Podcast do, like, a test on it and fire it in the, just kind of out and about. Yeah. Podcast has found the goggles that they use throughout the movies. Like, Ray used them at the beginning of the first one when they're fighting Slimer. But it's like those goggles that fit over your face. Yeah. One thing I did like that they actually added to this is that he takes a photo and a little Polaroid comes out of it. Yeah, that's really neat. I was like, well, that's cool. Okay, they added something to to the technology that they had. It works. They shoot the proton pack and they destroy everything that they're shooting at. Like, literally vaporize it. And then they hear a strange sound, which takes them to the first ghost of the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. They're in a factory, and this ghost is blue, and he has a bunch of arms, and he likes to eat metal and stuff. And his name in the movie is Muncher. Mm. And the ladies love him. No! (laughs) (laughs) I knew you were building up to something. I saw your face. I smiled, yeah. What are you doing? What are you doing over there? Muncher, how did he get that name? Oh, Oh, you, oh, you yeah. want to hear this story. And when he's eating the metal, he's like... Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but this starts the first chase of the movie. They shoot at Muncher, and he gets out of the warehouse and escapes. So while this is kind of happening, we get another scene with Finn. Finn Wolfhard somehow knows how to fix up old-ass Cadillacs, and he fixes the Ecto-1. Yeah, well, I think he had some unknown help. Like, well, what, you known, see it. known help from his grandpa, yeah. Yeah, he's trying to start it, and it looks like one of the wires connected to the battery is frayed, and Egon fixes it. Mm-hmm. It'd be funny if it shocked the shit out of Egon, <laughs> and his ghost just went back to the afterlife now. Like, well, I guess that killed him. Well, shit. So Finn does, like, a joyride with the Ecto-1, which is cool. I, I did enjoy seeing it go again. Okay, so I thought this part was a little much, because... I don't know. I've driven a car really fast, Mm -hmm. and it gets out of control super fast. Dude, these Cadillacs were long as fuck. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the only reason why I didn't flip over. But I was thinking that. I'm like, he's going to flip that shit. Yeah, he was driving way too reckless to not. Like, he'd have to be an experienced driver to drive like that. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was thinking the same thing, and I wrote that, too, because there is an episode of some, like, car restoration show where they restored the old Cadillac from the movie, the Ghostbusters mm. Ecto-1. And Dan Aykroyd comes and drives it for him. And he's like, oh, he's like, these cars were long as a city block. Yeah. And I'm just like, yeah, he's like doing twists and turns on that shit. And I'm like, I don't think you would have. Yeah. <laughs> he would have died. My first car was a 77 Cadillac. Yeah. It was a boat. Yeah. Like a boat. Yeah. It's crazy. And. And I do like the joke of talking about how much I love the first one, but I do like the joke in the first one when Ray gets the car and he's like, oh yeah, he's like, it needs uh, new shocks, new brakes, new brake pads, uh, <laughs> new tires, new... And, Just everything. And he's like, how much did you pay for this? He's like, only 7800 back in 84. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So, podcast. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Brian. <laughs> Brian, yes. Brian and Phoebe are walking back to the farmhouse and they meet finn who's driving mm-hmm. and they were like we need your help because we saw a ghost and they head into town to get him yes yeah yeah this part's a little weird too 
I think it's the best part of the movie. Okay. They, like, they do a big chase yeah. in town fighting the ghosts. Okay. It's, I mean, I think it's well done. It's kind of interesting. There is some weird things, like, when they're fighting the ghosts, like, podcast realizes there's, like, a remote-controlled trap mm-hmm. that can somehow go 90 miles an hour as well. Yeah. <laughs> because it's keeping up with the car. Yeah, they, they discover a lot of stuff that it's like, how do, how would you know that? I don't know, because, yeah, Phoebe pulls, like, a handle and it shoots the seat outside of the car so she can shoot the ghost and... I thought that was cool. That's pretty cool. That's pretty neat. Like, I really like that. that makes otherwise, you're going to lean out the window, and that's yeah. just not feasible. It definitely makes sense. You're like, well, if they were in a big chase, which, I mean, it was in New York City, so I doubt they would be in a high-speed chase with a ghost. Yeah, no. But, yeah, it was it was interesting to have a gunner seat there so she could shoot, but they find Muncher... They destroy some of the town, and they still chase him, and they chase him towards the mines, because that's where he's going. Right. It all comes back to the mines. Sure does. This movie about miners is about miners. (laughs) I got it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But there's a big scene where she traps him again, and then Podcast drives the little RC car and captures him. Right before they are going to go over a bridge into the mines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was a pretty interesting scene. So I don't think we talked about it very quickly. We did say they opened the trap, but that dog, there is a dog in that trap they opened earlier that escapes and goes back to the mine. Again. Yeah, right. The mine. Yes. This comes to be one of the worst parts of the movie, I think, is that after they trap the ghost, they're driving home and they get pulled over by a cop. Yeah. And they get arrested. Yeah. The thing I don't like about this part is that they actually throw them in a prison like a, yeah. or a jail cell. Like, who does that to the kids? Do they do that? Small town, I guess. But this is the absolute worst part. Uh, Finn Wolfhard's girlfriend, other girl, is here. Mm-hmm. We find out her dad's the sheriff. That goes nowhere. Mm-hmm. But this is the absolute worst line of the entire movie. And I think I screamed in the theater when it happened. But she's like, wait a minute, wait a minute, I get a phone call. And he goes, "It." the camera tracks up to his face, holds for a second, and he goes, who are you going to call? <laughs> I was like, no! <laughs> no! <laughs> like, boo this movie! But she does call. Yeah, she calls Ray because she watched the advertisement for the first movie where they're like, we're ready to believe you. So she calls and Ray picks up. He's at his store from the second movie. Nice. Ray's a cult. And she's like, are you a Ghostbuster? He's like, I'm hanging up now. But then she's like, oh, no, wait, what happened with Egon? And we get the backstory. We're like, Egon kept talking about the end of the world. And then I never believed him because that makes sense. Yeah, he's fucking crazy. And Egon stole all of our packs and the traps and the car and left because that makes sense. And she's like, Egon died. He's like, oh, God, that's terrible. And she's like, yeah, I'm his granddaughter. And he's like, wait, wait, who are you? And then the sheriff hangs up. Yeah. He's like, that's it. So my theory that she told him where she was is. Somewhere in here. Squashed. Oh, yeah. No, it doesn't happen. I have no idea. Well, Ray, Star 69, or what is it? Star 67? Star 69, where you trace the callback? I don't know. We're going to have to watch that or watch it. Listen to the episode again. Yeah. Well, 67. Star 67? Yeah. Because it's like, he he'd probably star 67 it and be like, hello, you have reached the Buttfuck Nowhere Sheriff's <laughs> Department. 
Like, oh, I know where that is. <laughs> it's going to take me several days to get there. There's another kind of like story going on here where it's Carrie Coon and Paul Rudd are kind of getting together. Yeah, they go on a date. Yeah, they're on a date when all this crazy shit happens and then they pick them up from prison mm-hmm. or prison from jail. <laughs> yeah, they're in prison. <laughs> they got tattoos and yeah, everything already. They're all in orange jumpsuits. <laughs> And Paul Rudd is all like, that's awesome. He's like, that's a proton pack. That's a trap. And he's like, did you catch a ghost? She's like, yeah, yeah, it's in the trap. And he's like, that's fucking sweet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can, I love his character and how they how he connects with, with Finn. I think it's just the cutest. Yeah, I mean, he is, I think he should be in the movie more. He should be mm-hmm. like their dad, like Egon's son, maybe. Yeah. Because he's smart. Yeah, and he's like, oh, this is, you know, this is amazing. Like, ghosts aren't around very much anymore, but my dad left this. And Oh, and he says that there's something going on in this shithole town. Let's go. Let's investigate. Yeah, I'm going to bring my Uncle Pete, my Uncle Ray, and not Winston, because he doesn't belong in this movie. Nope. He's just a lowlife. No. Winston should have had his own fucking thing. Like, he's a, I love Ernie Hudson. He's yeah. an awesome, awesome actor. Oh, yeah, me too. I think he's in his 70s. Whoa. And he looks great. He looks amazing. And I don't think Bill Murray is there close to that, but he looks like he's in his 80s. Everybody ages different. And it's hard living. Yeah. They all go home after getting him out of jail and Carrie Coons, you know, she has a real problem with her dad being like, oh, this is bullshit. You know, my dad left us. Science sucks is basically her whole thing. Yes. Yeah, she's got some real problems. Da- daddy problems. <laughs> daddy problems, yes. I'm like, well, you have to do science when you're like, well, how many drinks did I have now? Can I have drinks later? You know, she's mm-hmm. using math, but she's like, no, math is stupid. No, I just drink what I want. If I drink a fifth of vodka here, how much more can I have in seven hours? You know, but she's Until just Until like, I pass out. <laughs> <laughs> I just use my fingers, but like, I drank this many and I can only drink this many more. <laughs> Paul Rudd and Carrie Coon, they drop him off at home, and then he's like, this was amazing. He's like, we should do this again. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll we'll meet up again. He says tomorrow night, and she's like, dude, calm down. Yeah, let's give it a couple days. <laughs> yeah. But she's like, attention from a man, yes I will. Oh, yeah. This is the second worst part of this movie happens now, where Paul Rudd, after his date, wants to get some Baskin-Robbins, so he goes to Walmart. Yeah. Like, really, Walmart. That's a real thing. Wasn't this in another movie that we did? Believe. He goes to Walmart That's to right. buy. That's right. Yeah, he buys all that shit for the homeless people. And we were like, whoa. You don't really see Walmart in there very much. No. They're coming out more, I guess. Well, if you see him, that means that they probably gave money to the movie. Oh, yeah. Basically, what's happened now is the dogs have escaped from the mural. Mm-hmm. They have found at some point the explanation from the first movie of, like, there's a gatekeeper and a key master, and they have to mate. Hello. I winked. I winked. Yeah. This is not a visual podcast. No. I'm, I'm winking at nothing. Not yet. But they have to get together, and that will release Gozer. Whoa. Paul Rudd is at the Walmart getting Baskin-Robbins ice cream, another product placement. Oh, yeah. And the marshmallows, the Stay Puffed marshmallows, come mm-hmm. to life. Which I think is so cute, but also, like, why? Yes. They're adorable, but why? I saw the trailer for this movie, and I was like, ooh, that looks interesting. And then they released one that had this in it, and I'm like, this is going to be bad. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's so, and they kind of make it a little comical of them kind of 
destroying themselves basically but yeah they're on like a little Roomba or something and they run over a few and others mm-hmm. are like roasting each other over a fire and yeah making themselves s'mores that was actually kind of cute but it doesn't fit like one's on a graham cracker as a bed and they put like chocolate over him right as a... i'm yes. like that's kind of funny but it doesn't fit no paul rudd walks through the store and eating all the dog food is one of the dogs of course and hungry yeah been he... trapped for a while Probably so. I wouldn't think that it would have to eat. But he runs out. This thing chases him. It bursts out the doors of the Walmart like the dog in the first one burst out of the doors of the apartment building. Chasing Rick Moranis, who is not in this movie for some weird reason. He was the nerdy guy. Oh, yeah. He was he was a Ghostbuster in the second one, kind of. But he was always locking himself out of, out of his apartment in the first one. Mm-hmm. Lewis. They let me in. <laughs> Gets on top of his car. It, like kind of roars and gets closer to him and then it cuts yeah and then you're like oh my gosh yeah he's dead (laughs) totally dead like that's it paul rudd got murdered yeah had to have that you know they hear it in the news the next day they were like local teacher mauled to death yeah by like a bear and the police go to the crime scene and paul rudd's like tied to a tree and he's got flowers growing out of his stomach (laughs) and like how did that dog have time to do that we're watching hannibal yeah that's our biggest thing about that is like these bodies are always like it was hung by fishing lure and you're like how do you have time for that shit how did you pose this like oh this body right here it was sewn into a tree and flowers are now growing out of it like and it's also growing out of concrete into the ground you're like how yeah like it looks cool but none of that makes sense Mm -mm. oh yeah the killer was here for 48 hours had to have nobody saw him and he didn't leave any kind of trace of evidence oh nothing not even a fingerprint yeah drop a sweat no weird somewhere in this movie here we do get where the kids go to the mine and see what's down there Mm -hmm. and this is where they see the big pit that like every now and again like the ghosts try to come out and i think we see gozer there for a minute like reach out of the pit yeah it looks like hot lava yeah every time that that starts to happen the Well, first and foremost, the body of Evo Shandor (laughs) laying in state like linen in a glass case (laughs) is there. And he comes back to life every time this happens. Yeah, he's all like, oh, I'm waking up. Like, oh, such a long nap. I guess, like they said on his his little coffin thing he's laying in, that he died in like the early 1900s. So I'm like, how can he wake up every now and again when this comes back? I don't know. That makes no sense. Mm -mm. And I guess they're supposed to be like paranormal. It's ghosts. Right. This is where we see the whole thing of, like, every time that those come out, the proton packs come on and cause, like, a huge earthquake. And Phoebe's like, oh, my God, Egon was here trying to save people. Oh, here it comes together. Yeah. Which, by the way, Evo Shandor is played by J.K. Simmons, Mm -hmm. a very well-known actor who won an Oscar in this movie for, like, five seconds. I know. He has one line, I think. I think he's in here because this director is Jason Reitman. Mm-hmm. The son of Ivan Reitman, who directed the first two Ghostbusters movies. I think J.K. Simmons has been in every one of his movies. So oh. maybe it's kind of like a little, eh? Okay. You're my good luck charm. Gotcha. You want to do uh, half a day's work on this new Ghostbusters movie? Sure, why not? Cool, you're going to be in makeup for seven hours. Oh, damn. <laughs> you're going to lay there for five hours and have one line. <laughs> and then get ripped apart. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what's in the mind, and that's the big reveal. While they're in the mine, I think Carrie goes down and sees Egon's lab. Yes. Because she's getting directed down there, too. 
and she finds all these pictures of herself as a growing up. Yeah. And I think they're real pictures of her as like a kid and teenager. They look like it. But Egon, I, the, my favorite part of this movie probably is Egon has little notes next to her where he's like, mm, grew three feet in two min, in, you know, two months. She's growing at an average of this per month. I'm like, yeah, he couldn't help but just do math. Oh, wow. You know, on age seven, got braces. So she starts to cry because she realizes that he did care for her. Mm-hmm. Not enough to give a call, but you know. No, but take pictures and stalk her. Yeah, he could be like, hey, I'm in the military and you know what? They won't let me come home. Yeah, I can just call you. I don't get it. Yeah, well. But while she's down here, the other dog somehow comes in and just gets her. Yeah. Possesses her. Yeah. No big deal. Yeah, no biggie. The kids come home from the mine and they find Carrie Coon in the chair and she's talking with the distorted voice. Mm-hmm. They're like, Mom, are you okay? And she does, she, she's a little creepy. She's like, There is no mom, there is only Zul. Yeah. And then she starts breathing real, like, fast, rapidly. Because Sigourney Weaver does that in the first one, too. Oh, okay. Like, when the trap gets turned off in the first one, she's like, <laughs> And when it explodes, she's like, <gasps> And wakes up. Oh, wow. Yeah, so. Nothing can be original in this movie. They have to do it like the first one. Of course. But then she starts talking in the distorted voice. She's like, there is no mom. There is only true. Oh, my God. Yeah. She does very creepily talk to podcast. She's like, are you the gatekeeper? Oh, yeah. And kind of like was stroking his hair and shit. It's yeah, you're like, gross. I know what happens when the gatekeeper and the key master get together. <laughs> yeah. So, Ew. This is where the cops show up and put them away. Like. All right, Keymaster, that's it. You're going away. You talk to a little kid to try to have sex with him. Like, no, no, wait, wait. I have to bring the end of the world. <laughs> you can't lock me up yet. <laughs> she jumps out the window and gets away. Yeah. She starts running like a dog for a little bit, which is a little funny. She's like running on all fours. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Her and Paul Rudd do eventually meet up. Paul Rudd's laying on this rock in the desert like um, Louis Tully is in the first one. Oh, he's kind of okay. laying on the side of the hotel or the apartment building that's all blown out. He's just chilling. Yeah, and Carrie Coon snaps her fingers, and her normal mom clothes turn into like a fucking gold dress. Hell yeah! I don't know why. I think they're making it because Sigourney Weaver's wearing like a red dress after she turns into one of the dogs. Okay. But it's just strange. She's like, and then gold dress. It's just pretty. It's not bad, but mm-hmm. they get it on. Right. They, they start making out and it cuts away. Yeah. We don't get to see any action. Yeah. Now the kids understand what's going on. They're like, oh boy, the end of the world's coming. We've got to do something. We've got to get our stuff out of lockup because when the police took it, they impounded the car and they put the proton pack and everything in the lockup. Yeah. yeah. They got to save the world. Save the fucking world. Mm-hmm. And this is where it kind of mirrors the first one as well. Once the trap gets turned off in the first one, all these like kind of lights are going everywhere. All these lights are spreading throughout the town in this one and ghosts start to show up a little bit. I mean, I don't know. I could wrap this movie up very quickly because it goes quick from here. But the kids get into the police station. There's nobody there for some reason. Yeah, maybe they're out getting ghosts. I guess. Because everybody's calling like, there's crazy shit happening. Yeah, the the sheriff's like, sheriff's office, who are you going to call? (laughs) <laughs> sheriff's office who are you gonna call <laughs> dumb they find out that they're the proton pack and the traps and everything are in like a smaller cage that they can't break through mm. i think podcast is like that's a dyson 675 jesus you can't get into that that's unbreakable oh my gosh so he figures out wait a minute 
Muncher's in that trap, and he likes to eat through metal. So they open the trap, and Muncher eats through the cage and gets out. That's kind of neat. Yeah. That's the last you see of him, I think. Yes. Mm -hmm. He's not in here again. They were like, thank you, Muncher. He gives like a thumb up. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like his six different hands give like (laughs) thumbs up. (laughs) So the other girl, who's barely been a character in this movie, steals a cop car. Yeah. She's like, I'll go this way. You guys go that way. The end of this movie is her going to jail for some time after that. (laughs) Yeah, her dad puts her in jail. Yeah, he's like, look, I'm your dad, I understand that, but you stole a cop car, and there's just no way around this. Mm-mm. If I was a white officer, I would shoot you. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, uh, that happens. That does happen. So they're all like, well, where does this all go? And they start to go into the mine. And before this, Paul Rudd has disabled all the proton packs, like possessed Paul Rudd. Yes. he It shows him, like, breaking the proton packs to stop all the ghosts from getting out, and that's what causes that. Yeah. And, I mean, they go into the mine. I mean, that's it. They get into the mine. We see Gozer has come back. Yeah. She crawls out of the pit. Kind of badass looking. Does look like the Gozer from the first one, yes, but do you know who played this Gozer? A lady. Exactly a lady. A well-known actress, Olivia Wilde. Wow. She's in it for just a second. Okay. Yeah. She gets up and Evo Shandor, who's been dead for almost a hundred years at this point, is like, my Lord Gozer, we can rule the universe as father and son. No, that's Star Wars. He's like, we can rule together. And she pulls him apart, like right down the middle. Yeah. He goes to saying, I built this whole thing for you. You know, I did all this wonderful things for you. Yeah. She just pulls him right apart. She unzips him down the middle. She's like, what? That is... Badass, but also weird. I guess it's just to be like, don't trust evil gods, man. Yeah. Mm. Don't mess around. So the kids get into the mine. They see the mom, Carrie Coon, and Paul Rudd. They turn back into dogs, just like in the first one. Each one on the left, one on the right. And Gozer sitting on her throne. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? We've got to capture one of these ghosts and get out of here. And Phoebe's like, wait a second. I've been telling bad jokes throughout this whole movie. <laughs> I'll stall her. And she goes in front of Gozer and tells bad jokes. Yeah. Oh, yes. She says, what is a fish with no eyes? A fish. <laughs> and Gozer's like, oh, are you ready to sacrifice yourself and die for me? And she's like, no. No, that's not why I'm here. <laughs> While she's been distracting Gozer, podcast has been using the RC trap. Which maybe they were getting this like, hey kids, you see this trap? You can buy that in your local stores. Hey. This will be available next summer. Um, podcast gets one of the little the cars and puts it underneath the dog that is their mom. Mm-hmm. They turn it on. They suck the dog into the trap. Carrie Coon is free somehow. I guess they suck the dog out of her. That's weird. <laughs> uh, they grab her. They grab the trap and run. And the mine, like, starts falling apart, if I remember right. Yeah. Fuck everybody else. We got to get out of here. Yeah. So this is where they're driving home in the car. And the mom is like, oh, my gosh, Phoebe, I found out my dad. She's, like, on ecstasy, I think, at this point. Yes. She's like, my my dad loved me, Phoebe. Oh, it feels so good. Uh, she's like, oh, I found, I found out there's ghosts and ghosts. She's like, we know. Yeah. You can stop right now. You've got to stop doing drugs, mom. We're, like, five weeks ahead of you right now. <laughs> 
damn it, Mom. After this, you've got to go into a meeting. Yeah, some rehab or something. We'll take care of ourselves. It's fine. It'd be funny. They're they're like driving in the car and she's just in the back like, oh, I feel so good. She's just on <laughs> ecstasy. <laughs> Paul Rudd, as the dog, is chasing them. They fight and then they eventually drive and go back to their house, mm-hmm. the farmhouse. And they, they've set it up earlier in the movie that basically this whole thing that Egon has set up is a gigantic trap. Right. He, he has not been mining things and there's dirt because underneath the dirt are multiple traps connected to like three giant transformers next to him. Mm-hmm. And those transformers, when he tried to turn the trap on before at the beginning, didn't work. It like overloaded. Yeah. Sparks everywhere. Yeah. So they're like, well... We're not going to fix this. We're just going to try it again exactly how it was, and hopefully it'll work. It will. It'll work. <laughs> That's how these things happen. So, yeah, they go back, and they're like, all right, well, Mom, when the time comes, you turn on the trap and hit the button, and it'll capture Gozer. Yeah. So it's the exact same shot as the beginning. Phoebe is, like, holding the trap, like, mm-hmm. above her, and she's like, come and get it. Here it is. <laughs> and, like, a disembodied Gozer comes out you you know she's not fully a body at this point because the other dog is still trapped goes her walks through the dirt she's like mom hit the trap and goddamn it the trap overloads dang it not again yeah i did not see that happening who knew that that would happen that is just crazy so after the trap goes down phoebe shoots her with the pack and goes her grabs her towards her oh yeah and i was like whoa how can she do that but i guess she's supposed to be super powerful because she gets the trap, Gozer does, and unleashes the second dog, and the dog takes over the other girl. Oh, yeah, the love interest girl. Yeah, who's not named. She who will not be named. <laughs> and they're all like, oh, my God, and, and Finn Wolfhard is in the car trying to shoot at her, but we see a bunch of Stay Puft marshmallows are destroying his pack. Yeah, like, how'd they get in there? I how, Was podcast eating marshmallows in the back of the car? I mean, uh, maybe. And... That's where, yeah, podcast, they're trying to get him to, like, help turn on the Transformers, but he's got a shit ton of Stay Puft Little Marshmallow Men. He's like, I'm a little busy, and he starts tasing them with the PKE meter that's a taser now. Oh, yeah. He's like, psh, psh, psh. So all hope is lost. The other girl's a dog. Phoebe got pulled towards it, and they're about to all die, it looks like, and then he says, hey, what over here, and it's... The other, the three, it's Ray, Peter, and Winston. Yay! Wouldn't she believe it? Uh, Peter calls her flat top because he called her a flat top in the first one, of course. Oh, wow. He keeps making jokes about like, oh, I thought we had something. I know. And he's like, you just had to come crawling back to me. He's like, I overlooked the fact that you murdered and you killed. He's like, we were good. (laughs) And there's a little bit of magic in there. I mean, you know, he kind of feels like the old Peter a little bit. Yeah, I I like his joking. Yeah, they do shoot her with their proton packs, which I thought Egon stole all of theirs. I don't know where they got these. And (laughs) you looked like you were thinking. You were like, wait a second. Don't think about it. It'll hurt if you think about it too hard. It's all good. They immediately cross the streams, which they do in the first one. And Gozer unravels them. She, what? like, grabs the things and pulls them apart. Damn it. And knocks them all back. There is a scene, I think, at the beginning where Gozer is like, are you a god? And they look at Ray like, Ray, remember, because in the first one, she's like, are you a god? And he's like, no. <laughs> and she tortures them. But she's like, are you a god? And they're like, Ray, please. And he's like, yes, I am. 
You betcha. <laughs> and then he does his whole speech from the first one a little bit too, where he's like, oh, as the designated county supervisor in the court counties of this town, I recommend you leave immediately. Mm. He kind of gives like the same speech, but yeah, it all happens real quick. Basically, the old Ghostbusters, they're about to, you know, get hurt and Winston tries to shoot her and she knocks his thing out of his hand. But I think Phoebe shoots at Gozer. Basically, they all they all get together. Finn Wolfhard shoots the Transformers to give them power yeah. to turn the traps on. Smart. Phoebe is shooting at Gozer. The old Ghostbusters shoot at her as well. They're all shooting, and then, you know, Phoebe is trying to do it by herself at one point. And then, here we go. The CGI image of Harold Ramis comes out and helps her hold the proton pack. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a nice scene. It's so nice. I don't really have a problem. I mean... I mean, it looked okay. I'm glad they didn't try to have him talk. Right. And, I'm gl- you know, I mean, it's the best that they could do. Right. Exactly. No, I, w- I thought that was great. That was perfect. Yeah, he helps Phoebe, and then they all, I think they all join in at this point and shoot. Mm-hmm. Finn Wolfhard shoots the traps, and the traps come on, and trap goes her. And that, there it is. They got her. That's it. They, Finn tries to go to other girl, breaks open the dogs, and finds Paul Rudd in there. He's like, oh, jeez. Yeah. Wrong one. I do like the the little line Paul Rudd has here where he's like, my feet hurt from galloping. (laughs) (laughs) Or he's like, my hands hurt from galloping. Yeah. And then, yeah, Finn Wolfhard finds this girl, which, by the way, this kind of relationship with them is a little strange because they say Finn Wolfhard is 15. Yes. How old is she? Like 17, 18? Well, he was saying that he was 17 Yeah, to be closer to her age. So I'm guessing she's 17. Let's not put her in the 18 range. Because I guess. That would be wrong. It would be very weird. But when you're 17 and someone's 15, that's like a huge age gap at that time. Absolutely. When your kid's like that. Yeah. She's like, well, he was in Stranger Things. So, I, you know, I do like him. Yeah, he's kind of cute. He's got good cheekbones. He's got ridiculous long hair. Yeah. And another thing this poor other girl has to do is when they're all gearing up towards the end of the movie and she's putting on her suit, you see her in her bra. Yeah. I'm like, why? N- nobody else, like, takes their shirt off. Everybody yeah. else puts the jumper or whatever Jumpsuit. on with their clothes on. Yeah. It's like, because Finn Wolfhard is all like, hello, like, looking at her. And she's like, what? He's like, nothing. Jesus. I'm like, why? Yeah, that, why, was, why that did, was very bad. Why do we have to have this little girl, I'm assuming young girl, in her bra yeah Mm -mm. uh we do see paul rudd without his shirt on or like his shirt gets torn up and he is jacked yeah right and i think those marvel movies where he plays ant-man you have to be jacked as shit i'm sure but his arms and i'm like he's a teacher when does he have time to work out 24 hours a day well you know so peter comes over to phoebe and the mom and he's all like hey we're from the home office how are you guys doing and (laughs) i forget what carrie's mom name is but she's like oh i'm Melissa, I don't know. Melissa Spangler. <laughs> and he's like, Spangler, huh? That's a weird name. He's like, good luck with that. He's like, we're all going to go into the house and have cookies. Come on, let's go. And before they see Harold Ramis all standing there, and while they were shooting at Gozer, you know, Peter is like, I knew you'd come back. And that was nice. Yeah. Ray's like, I'm sorry, I should have believed you. And I'm like, you would have exactly the way they made you in the first two they would have mm-hmm. why wouldn't you i mean there's fucking ghosts around yeah he's like oh the end of the world's coming It's like that's bullshit egon we've already done two end of the world movies right now there's no way the end of the world's coming Nuh-uh. are you crazy 
it doesn't make sense. That that's what drives me crazy the most. And and that's kind of what they did in the Last Jedi Star Wars. We're like Luke Skywalker went off and hid on an island for a long time because his pupil turned to the dark side. Mm -hmm. And he's like, I'm so depressed that my nephew turned to the dark side that I'm going to go hide in exile. And he's going to kill a bunch of people and I'm not going to do anything about it. Nope. But I'm going to be super depressed. So there's like these movies all have that kind of same thing where it's like the main character left everything that you loved about the first one and became a hermit away from everyone else. And I'm just like, God damn it. That's true. Uh, they all say their goodbyes, you know, um, Winston says it's good to see you again, or I should have called you or something like that. But then Carrie does have a nice moment where she's crying and I think he wipes a tear away. Yeah. And then he disintegrates and goes up into the sky and then it just says for Harold. Yeah. And I cry. You were. I, oh my gosh. It was just such a touching moments it was the best i think they could do and that was very nice like you know when i first heard it someone was like that's the ghost of harold ramus is in this movie i think i'm like that sounds bad (laughs) but they did it okay i mean yeah i i think so too they did it the best so we get two post-credit sequences the first one peter is doing the machine that he did to the student in the first movie where sigourney weaver who has not been in this movie yeah yeah is giving him the test, like, what's on the card? And she keeps shocking him, and he tells her that, oh, he knows the cards because he marked them somehow. <laughs> and then we get a very quick deleted scene from the first movie, where before they all go to the big apartment complex, like, there's a cut scene from the first movie where Janine gives Egon a lucky coin. And she's like, it's my lucky coin. And he's like, oh, I, I don't know if I should take that. She's like, no, please take it. I've got another one. <laughs> Which is funny, but they took it out of the first movie. Oh. And it cuts now to Janine now holding her coin like, oh, this means so much to me, even though no one knows about this. Like, it was a deleted scene from the first movie. <laughs> and we're sitting with Winston. And she's like, oh, Winston, you know, you went off and you were so successful and made billions of dollars and... He's like, yeah, I have the tools and the talent. I got this. Says that in the first movie. So, which he does cameos now, like where you can pay him to say something to you. Be like, hey, everybody, this is Ernie Hudson. Oh, nice. And I think he does that a lot where he's like, you've got the tools, you've got the talent. Because he said that's like his big line from the first movie. Wow. But we find out that he's been paying the mortgage on Ray's occult. He's like, that that store is going to turn a profit one day. (laughs) Um, And then we see him. In the firehouse, pulling in the Ecto-1, which, real quick, they do mention, uh, Ray talks about the old neighborhood, mm-hmm. and when he's talking to Phoebe on the phone, he's like, oh, the neighborhood, some actor bought up Tribeca and turned that place into a Starbucks. That's Robert De Niro. Robert oh. De Niro kind of redid that whole neighborhood. He has the Tribeca Film Festival. Tribeca is where the firehouse is. Right. Which, we did go see it. We, yeah, we've been did. there. Yeah, we did. I'll upload the picture. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. We've got pictures of the firehouse. Um, so, because, yeah, in the first movie in the 80s, they talk about how that neighborhood's a shithole, but I guess now that Robert De Niro kind of re- went through and revitalized it, it's, like, super fucking expensive. It's really nice. Because at the end, Ernie Hudson is pulling the Ecto-1 back into the firehouse, and I'm like, so he's a billionaire if he bought this firehouse again. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> It's like $500 million for this firehouse in this neighborhood now. Sure, sure. <laughs> Dude, he bought it from Starbucks, it sounds like, so they don't go cheap. Mm-mm. And then 
he's like, I'll always be a Ghostbuster. And then we cut to the trap in the basement of the firehouse and a light turns on. Ah. And that's it. it. That's the credits where it's like, we've got another one coming. So they've got to be in the the next one, right? All of them coming back together. So far, Ernie Hudson is going to be in it because sadly he doesn't have anything else going on. He was, I felt so bad, he was in God's Not Dead 2 as a judge. Oh. I was like, Ernie Hudson. What, the, what happened? Because Ghostbusters residuals don't pay very much, but he is confirmed so far, yes. And then all the new characters, Carrie Coon, Ro- Paul Rudd. Oh, okay. Um, Phoebe, Finn Wolfhard. Okay. I don't know about podcast or other girl. They were like, oh, podcast, he had a heart attack and uh, <laughs> died. It's weird that a little kid did that, but he's not in this one. Hmm. So that was the first hour and a half of this. Now let's really get into it. Okay. For the next hour and a half, we're going to be going line by line from the first movie. Let's do it. <laughs> so you said you still enjoyed this one, though? I did. Yeah, I thought it was pretty neat. Um, I'm not saying it's like my favorite or that I'll want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. But it, yeah, it's nice. I liked the movie the first time, like we said. The second time was just okay. Yeah. Like, I thought it could have been better. Of course. So... I guess we should go ahead and say it. For February, might be a little spotty. Right. Shelly's uh, having surgery. I am going to be having some surgery, which by the time this comes out, it'll be like almost a week post-op. Yeah. So I'm sure everything went fine, um, but it's going to be a little bit of a recovery Yeah. for me. It's nothing major. If you want to know, you can message me and I'll tell you. I, sure. I'm sure. an open book, but some people may not want to know. Yeah. Um, Just know that she'll be okay. Oh, yeah. Nothing major, just something I need to take care of so I can get out of some pain. Yeah. So if you get an episode in February, congrats. Right. If you don't, we'll definitely be back in March. Yeah. We'll try. I've got uh, mandatory overtime at work and school and then another project I'm working on, uh, which I can't wait to tell you guys about yeah. as well. So And surgery. <laughs> no big deal. So, yeah. So if we don't hear from us in February, we'll, I'll definitely stay active on social media. Keep everybody updated and say, hey, how's it going? Maybe keep updated because I'm trying to do the 365 movies this year. Crazy. Which I don't think, I don't know how I'll make it. But I'm not in on that. No, no. Um, <laughs> Shelly does watch movies with me, but yeah, was, there's no way we could both do it together. No, no. I'm trying that and I may keep people updated. Be like, oh, I watched this. I have a letterboxed from the recommendation of one of our fans, another podcast. Yeah, thank you for that. And I started that and kind of reviewing movies. I just watched Terror Fire 2 the other day, and I thought it was Terrifier too long. <laughs> it was two and a half hours. It was insane. Yeah, I think it was Smoke and Mirrors that recommended that, and I'm sorry if that's wrong. Um, yeah. But they're a great podcast. You should, yeah. You should check them out for sure. Yeah, they're very kind. They've recommended us a movie that we're going to try and watch soon. Yeah. But um, next time we meet, we'll be doing the remake of Firestarter. Oh, nice. Not the Drew Barrymore 1980s one, the Zac Efron one that came out last year. Nice. I haven't seen it. Yeah, me either. Cool. I just actually rewatched the other one sometime last year because We Hate Movies did an episode on it. Okay, of course. (laughs) But uh, we'll be talking about that. We'll be talking about the song Firestarter. I'm a Firestarter. Oh. But um, yeah, just... If you don't hear from us in February, everything's okay. We'll meet again definitely in March for sure. Of course. Thank you, everybody. Yes, thank you. Thank you.